Hello, and welcome to Simon Says, Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. This is your host, Al Simon, with Sandler Training by Simon Inc. And on this show, we sharpen our skills, we learn new ideas and concepts, and we share best practices. So listen carefully, take some notes. There just might be a place where you might want to connect in. And of course, you can always send your questions to me if you have especially sales questions. Send them to me at al.simon at sandler.com. And we just might answer your question on the air on one of these shows. In fact, today is a little bit different because we usually have a guest or two or three. And then we have the Ask Al segment at the end where we uh, answer the sales questions from our listeners. We've gotten such a great response to that Ask Al segment that we've decided to dedicate this show entirely to answering questions on sales from our listeners. So once again, if you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the air, send it to me at al.simon at sandler.com, and you just might get it on the air. And today we're going to talk prospecting because I've got three questions from listeners here in front of me. They all are related to prospecting. And so we're going to take them all today and talk about prospecting. The lifeblood of sales is prospecting. The lifeblood of sales is prospecting. Two ways to grow sales revenue. One is to get new business. The other one is to grow existing business. Both of those strategies take planning on prospecting. And that's what we'll talk about today. So the three, let me give you the three questions and then I'll answer them in order. So... The first question says, Al, I am struggling with my attitude when it comes to prospecting. How do, I, how do you suggest I get my attitude right so that I'm in the right frame of mind to prospect effectively? Great question from a listener. Similarly, another question from a listener, Al, how can I fill up my sales pipeline with big versus small prospects? Excellent question from a listener, and we will address that one. And then very similar to that one is, how do you find possible prospects? So we're going to answer all three of those today. And so if you are a person that has to get new business or grow and keep existing business or both, this is the show for you today. So that first question, I'm struggling with my attitude when it's time to prospect. How do you suggest I get my attitude right so that I'm in the right frame of mind to prospect effectively. And this is the big one. I mean, this is the big one. We, we, we call this call reluctance. And every sales professional that's ever, ever been effective has experienced call reluctance. We all do. I mean, bottom line is, you just don't feel like prospecting. You might have gotten a lot of rejection lately. You might think there's better ways to spend your time. It might be that the prospecting activity that you're doing is simply just a drag, that you dread doing it. All those things are in play all the time. In fact, all those jokes about salespeople being you know, in the movie theaters or on the golf course, they're true. Those stories are true because salespeople have call reluctance and most don't know how to deal with it. So they just give up and don't prospect. In fact, we have a couple one-liners in play here. Uh, one of those is... You don't have to like prospecting. You just have to do it. That's one of those one-liners. Another one is you can't fail at prospecting unless you fail to prospect. So bottom line is know that we all, are, we all experience call reluctance. I do too. We just don't want to do it. 
So it's a normal part of the sales game. The whole career about sales is that call reluctance is part of the deal, but it doesn't get us off the hook. Every career out there has those aspects to the career that aren't so great, you know. There's no job out there, it does not exist, any job where everything is great, everything is easy, everything is fun, it just does not exist. There's always some aspect to every career that's not so great. For sales, it's usually prospecting. And fine. In fact, show me someone who says they like prospecting, and I'll show you someone who's probably never done it or not done much of it. So here's the point. Does attitude drive behavior, or does behavior drive attitude? Think about that. Does attitude drive behavior, or does behavior drive attitude? What I'm getting at is if you don't feel like prospecting, that's attitude, does that mean you don't prospect, which is behavior? Or does the fact that you're going to do the behavior anyway, behavior, drive your attitude and get it in the right spot? I'm going to submit to you that early on in my career, I was one of those guys that was on the golf course or in the movie theater. Actually, for me, it was the poker game. <laughs> At some point, when come to work for, we all would... Uh, say, hey, I don't feel like prospecting. Hey, I don't either. So we would go play poker at somebody's house. And that was just a crime, really. Stealing from our families, stealing from our company because we weren't being productive and we were on the clock. And I am not proud of that in my past, but I did learn from it. And that's the thing about selling. When you fail, you got to learn from it because you're going to fail. So learn from it and get better. And so I'll submit to you that attitude does not drive behavior, but behavior drives attitude. And I think in some aspects, Nike got it right. Just do it. Just do it. Here's what I find. That when I have call reluctance, and I know that I, I'm going to be prospecting, but I don't want to do it, then I will make a couple of calls anyway. Not to my most important prospects because I'm not going to be on my game right away, but I'm going to make a couple of calls. I'm going to make three, four, five calls, if it's cold calls or referral calls or whatever they are, and we'll talk about more of those things here in a little bit. But I'll do some prospecting behavior is what I'm getting at, and, and something happens. Somewhere along the way, 15, 20 minutes in, sometimes less, sometimes more, all of a sudden I am on my game, and I am cooking with gas if you know what I mean I, I, and let me tell you something when I'm doing my thing and I'm in my groove there is nobody better there is nobody better at prospecting than me when I'm in my groove 20 minutes ago I didn't even feel like doing it 10 minutes ago I wasn't doing it very well but I was doing it now something clicked and I'm cooking with gas and it's an awesome thing to sit to see now, here's what I also would suggest, that that can be you too. That when you're on your game, doing your thing, there's nobody better. That should be your mindset. When I'm doing my thing, there's nobody better. And if I don't feel like prospecting, okay. That's a given. It's part of the deal. Happens to everybody. Let's get into it. Do it anyway. And you'll find that somewhere along the, the way, the switch gets flipped and you'd be cooking with gas. It's a very important concept. And, um, and call me. Call me on this. Talk to me about it. 
770-622-7000. Call me. If this is a problem for you, and it is for most sales professionals, uh, call me. Let's talk about it. If you're a sales manager and you've got people that have call reluctance, call me. Let's talk about it And because uh, this is huge, absolutely huge. Now, the second question and the, the third question, the, the second question was, how can I fill up my sales pipeline with big instead of just small prospects? And then the next question, a lot like it, was how do you find possible prospects? Well, that's the thing. You, you know, if you if you got to have a you got to have a prospecting plan. You got to you got to have a plan and then execute the plan in order to be really effective at prospecting for the right prospects. And so we call this the ideal client profile or ICP. Do you know what your ideal client profile is? Do you know what your ICP is? In other words, you know, do you know what you're looking for? Have you ever sat down and thought about, okay, I'm looking, you know, my sweet spot is, you know, these kinds of companies with these kinds of challenges in this particular industry? Or if it's, if it's B2C, business to consumer, I'm looking for this kind of person who has these kinds of challenges in this particular arena. Think that through. Then ask yourself, okay, so, so these are the folks I'm looking for. Now, where do I find them? You know, where do they hang out? And, 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 and once I know where, where do they hang out, then it's, okay, how do I engage them? How do I engage them? Uh, and, um, and so we're going to talk about here in a little bit some of the places where they hang out, where you can find them. But you got to know what you're looking for. So have your ideal client profile figured out. Have it written out and specific. Don't just say, I'm looking to talk to CFOs or I'm looking to talk to marketing managers. I mean, be a lot more specific than that so that you have a real good idea of where your sweet spot is. Doesn't mean you're not going to find prospects in, in, uh, in categories a little bit outside that sweet spot. It just means you got to know where the bullseye is. And that will help you with your prospecting plan second thing be specific be specific third thing be consistent be consistent uh if you remember if you ever read the book uh, good to great uh, by james collins he talked about the hedgehog principle this is what i'm talking about be consistent put it on your calendar i'm going to do prospecting for an hour on monday two hours on tuesday you know, one hour on Thursday, two hours on Friday, whatever it is. Put it on your calendar like it's an appointment with yourself. And then execute on that. Really, really focus on executing on it. So in other words, honor the appointment with yourself. Just as though it were an appointment with your biggest client or your most important prospect. I mean, you wouldn't uh, just blow that off or reschedule it. You would you would honor it. You would honor, and so this is important to you, right? If prospecting, if getting new business and growing an existing business is important to you, which I'm guessing it is, if you're still listening here to this program, then honor that. Don't get quote busy and just say, well, I'll get to the prospecting later. That's a trap, because then you fall into call reluctance and you find reasons not to prospect. And then you don't prospect, and then you don't build your pipeline. And when you don't build your pipeline, however long your sales cycle is, that long later, you're going to be in zero sales. It'll, you'll, you'll be in a sales slump, and, and, and you can set your watch by it. We have to be consistent in our prospecting. 
put it on our calendars, honor the calendar, have have the discipline to stick to it. And so whatever that means, you know, in terms of of, of, re- of reducing or eliminating distractions, like turning off your email, uh, or at least eliminating the notification dings and buzzes, get rid of those things so that you're not distracted. Uh, and, and, and don't have it on your calendar for more than, say, two hours at a time because you're, you're going to have other things that are important, like family issues or client issues, uh, other people in your, you know, colleagues in your organization or whatever are going to need your time. And so, you know, if, if you have just maximum two-hour segments on your calendar, then you can turn off your email, turn off your phone, and do your prospecting, and then open yourself back up to whatever else is going on. But during that one to two hours, you'll have complete total focus if you uh, block your calendar, honor the calendar, and eliminate distractions. And lastly, in terms of how do you get bigger versus smaller prospects besides having that ideal client profile, having a plan to know where to find them and how to engage them, uh, be consistent and uh, be, uh, be structured and, uh, and dedicated, disciplined to honor that calendar blocking, eliminating distractions and doing the behaviors. The last thing is to have an accountability partner and to have an accountability partner, someone not your boss and not a loved one. <laughs> That's the only two, uh, only, only two criteria. They can't be your boss and they can't be a loved one. It has to be someone who, like you, uh, has the need to do behaviors to be successful. And so you keep each other accountable to making sure you meet your, your minimum behaviors is what we call it. In other words, having a, what we call a cookbook so you, so you know how much of, uh, of each activity in what time frame you need to be doing and so you do those things, and then you keep each other accountable, you and your accountability partner, to making sure those things get done. And, uh, and so that's the other thing on, on how to find, build your pipeline with the right kind of prospects. And then the third question was, how do you find possible prospects? So I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly what the listener meant by that, by that uh, question, but I can guess that it's, you know, what are the activities? What are the things we do? Uh, in order to get, uh, in order to fill our pipelines. And that probably varies a lot with uh, a couple things. One, you know, are you business to business? Uh, is, and if you are, is your, you know, is your marketplace local or is it nationwide? Is it regional? Is it worldwide? You know, what, what is your uh, target market? And if you're business to consumer, you know, it could change there too as, as to what kinds of, of activities that you use. But in general, for myself and my, and my clients, the, the, there, there are really nine ways, really good ways to get new business and grow existing business today. The first eight are going to be on getting new business, and then the ninth one is going to be on growing and, and keeping existing business. So, number one, networking. Networking. Uh, and by networking, you know, it could be structured events you know at the local chamber of commerce or industry associations it could be those kinds of, it could be events and, and association type stuff or it could be one-on-one networking you know ha- having a, a breakfast or a coffee meeting with somebody uh, or you know cocktail party or, or or whatever so it's it's one-to-one or personal what i call personal networking but networking is a huge one for most selling professionals networking is building your 
your centers of influence, building the number of people that you know and that know you because everybody that you know and that who knows you knows other people who just might be in your target market. So building that market up so that you really know who you're looking for and where, and, and where, they, where they are and how to engage them. So networking is huge. Similarly to networking is trade shows. During COVID, almost no trade shows. Now that, that that's opening back up, there are trade shows again. Trade shows are a great place to network and to build your sphere of influence. you got people that are in your target market because you're, they're in the industry that you're looking to, to penetrate, and they're gathered together. We call a target-rich environment uh, is trade shows. So whether you exhibit at a trade show, whether you speak, uh, whether you're on a panel, or whether you are simply attending and, and working the room, you know, the coffee set up, the, the, uh, the bar, uh, you know, the, the um, area where the speakers are, but, but being proactive and working, working the room. So that's two, networking and trade shows, very, very similar. Three is strategic alliance partnerships, or SAPs, strategic alliance partners. These are people who call on the same folks you do, but they don't compete with you. They probably have similar or at least uh, uh, synergistic products and services that they sell. And, uh, and so you can, you can meet with them regularly. You can take notes. You can bring new ideas and scuttlebutt to each other. Uh, the best uh, SAP relationships are where you endeavor to, re- to introduce your SAP to someone in their target market each month, let's say, and they endeavor to do the same thing for you. It's a, it's a great two-way street. You invest in each other. And so for that reason, I think it's, it's imperative that you don't have a lot of SAPs, maybe one or two, three at the most, uh, so that you can really, truly invest in them and they can invest in you. But strategic alliance partnerships are terrific for getting new business. Number four, social media. Uh, specifically LinkedIn if you're business to business. I mean, LinkedIn is huge. It is the de facto uh, social media outlet for the business-to-business marketplace. Uh, If you're business-to-consumer, there's a bunch of them, Instagram, of course, Facebook, Twitter, a bunch of others like that. But, you know, getting good at that and knowing how to use that well, uh, don't connect with someone and immediately pitch them, as an example. That's poor sales practice. Please do not do that. If I've ever trained you and you do that, then you can't tell anybody I trained you. Fair? Okay. Let's not do the you know, the connect and pounce thing. Uh, but let's use it. It's a long-term game when you're using social media. You're building a brand and you're starting conversations and you're watching your connections posts and you're commenting and liking on them and they're doing the same thing with yours and then you can start the conversations one-on-one later when you do that. Number five, cold calling. Yes, I did say cold calling. Cold calling is still, still a possible way to get new business. Two ways to do it. One is by phone and one is walking in. And again, it depends on your marketplace, whether you it's even feasible for you to do this. But walking in somewhere today, now, you know, in the post-COVID days or coming out of COVID days, it's a crapshoot. Some people are not back in the office, so it may or may not be good yet. Uh, but if you know someone's in and they're not answering phone calls or emails, man, just walk in. Introduce yourself. Start a conversation. It's, it's, a, it's a great, what we call, pattern interrupt these days because very few people are doing it. 
and um, and then you get face to face with somebody right away. So it's really good for that. Phone cold calling. Most most uh, uh, applications of, co- of phone cold calling uh, is a lot of effort and not necessarily a lot of of uh, return on that effort. But for a lot of businesses, some of my clients, uh, cold calling is still a great way to go. Cold calling by phone, but you got to do it well. You got to know what you're going to say and do if you get the decision maker on the line. You got to know what you're going to say and do if you get a gatekeeper on the line, and you got to know what you're going to say and do if you get voicemail. You can't be fumbling around here. You got to have a very, very rigid approach to cold calling that's different. You know, don't don't say hi. This is Al Simon with Sander Training. How are you today? Yeah, if you ever do that, once again, you can't tell anybody I trained you <laughs> because that's what every other salesperson does. And as soon as a prospect hears that, they shut down because their first thought is, uh-oh, salesperson. And their second thought is, get rid of them. And they do. So change the pattern. Do it differently. We do a whole session on how to cold call effectively. But I can tell you right now, do not do the how are you today thing. Because that's the surest way of having an unproductive cold call. Number six, digital prospecting. Digital prospecting. What does that mean? Well, it could be uh, LinkedIn messaging. It could be email, uh, uh, cold calling with email. Uh, It could be a lot of different uh, things, but it's it's whatever it is, it's digital, right? There's words on a screen. And this is uh, what a lot of people have been doing in the last few years. And so there's a lot of noise. The typical decision maker might get 20 or 30 of these a day in their inbox. So they typically go ahead and delete them, especially if they don't know who the sender is and if the subject line doesn't get their attention. But you can do digital prospecting well if you do it a certain way. That is, if you have a cadence of, of the um, verbiage in the, in the emails and designed to focus on the pain or the challenges that the, uh, the t- decision makers typically have in your, in your target market. Uh, and do not focus on the features and benefits and superlatives about your company or what you sell because that sounds like everybody else. So customize these, these digital emails so that they, the person knows they're, they're customized just for them. It's not a blast email you're sending out. It's just for them. And you can customize it based on their LinkedIn profile, on their website, all kinds of ways. Just Google them and find out about them. <clears throat> and you can customize these, your emails that way. But here's a new tool. Here's a new tool for you for digital prospecting. And you've got a window. I'm not sure how long the window is, maybe a year, I'm not sure. But video. Video, if you add video to your digital prospecting, then um, read rates go way up. By 20-something percent, they go up by that much. And uh, close rates actually uh, close rates actually go up by some 40% when you add video to your digital prospecting. And if you're not sure how to do that, and most people aren't, talk to me, 770-622-7000, because we have a way of, our, of helping our clients use video in their digital prospecting that gets results. And so talk to me. And we'll, and we'll get into that. Number seven, and this is one that everybody should do and almost nobody does, but it's asking for referrals and introductions. Asking for referrals and introductions. I, I'm telling you, this should be on, be on everybody's cookbook. 
but so many people are afraid or reticent. Uh, they think it's going like, to make them look weak or, or, or they're, they're going to look desperate or they don't know how to ask, and so they feel, they feel unprepared. They, want to, they don't want to appear pushy to their clients and, and um, alliance partnerships and networking partnerships, so they don't ask. And then they get referrals anyway from happy, happy customers, give them a referral. So then they think, well, I'm already getting referrals, so I don't need to ask. <laughs> well, think about that. If you're getting referrals without asking, how many more could you get if you ask? So learn how to ask. And by the way, the wrong way to ask for referrals is, hey, Al, you got any referrals for me? Because I'll probably say, well, James, I can't think of anybody right now, but if I do, you'll be the first one to know. <laughs> Which is true, you know, because you would want to help somebody. I mean, we all want to help people, especially people we know. But we're just not really good at thinking about people off the cuff that we should introduce. And, then, and, then, and because we're not thinking about our, our, our friends and networking partners 24-7, when we do have somebody we could introduce, we probably don't even think about it. So it's the wrong way to ask. Don't say, hey, you got any referrals for me? That's the wrong way to do it. Instead, say, hey, Al, you know, I get uh, most of my business by referrals. You probably don't know that. No, no reason why you should. Um, and I, and I, I, I believe I can take on a couple of extra clients this quarter. Uh, and, and, and you may not even know anybody that makes sense to introduce me to. And that's cool. I don't want you to feel any pressure. But you know what, Al? If you've got, uh, uh, if you've got an acquaintance maybe that is, uh, you know, is a business owner or a VP of sales, you know, runs a sales team, anybody like that come to mind. And, again, if no names come to mind, that's cool. But um, now that we're talking about it, any, any people come to mind that, uh, that have salespeople? And, and then I'd just be quiet and listen. And, and because I'm, I'm like typing into their, their Google search box in their head is what I'm doing. So they can search their mental Rolodex and come up with names that fit the criteria I just gave them. And it works that way. It works better that way. Uh, but most importantly, take the pressure off. Don't tell them you expect to give them referrals. And, and, and you know, make sure that they know that you're not, you know, your livelihood's not dependent on them giving you referrals and introductions. But here's the thing. If you don't ask... You know, it's, it's the rule of 10. You know, any 10 people that you know, two of those folks will give you referrals without being asked. Two of those folks will never give you referrals, even if you ask. It's the middle six. The middle six. Those folks will give you referrals and introductions if you ask. But you have to ask. Number eight, and a really good one, resurrection calls. So you have past clients. Um, that uh, are no longer clients maybe you've got maybe past prospects who never bought from you and um, and so they're comatose right these are folks that are comatose or opportunities that are comatose you can resurrect them by contacting them getting back in front of them because you probably have some uh, some um, relationships in that entity that might be stale but they are relationships that exist and uh, you probably know what their pain used to be you know, what, what were the reasons why you were talking in the, in the, in the, in the beginning? Uh, even though it didn't pan out, there was some reason why they were talking to you. And so that's a good thing to try to resurrect. And it's very, very effective, a lot more effective than a cold call for sure. And even better than most inbound leads because they're people that you already know, already know you, and there's already some uh, track record there, and you already know a little bit about what their pain is. 
So that's eight great ways to get new business. Networking trade shows, strategic alliance partnerships, social media, cold calling, digital prospecting, digital prospecting with, e with a video, asking for referrals and introductions, and resurrection calls. Number nine is a way to grow and keep existing business, and it's called account review meetings. Not a new concept. It's a concept as old as having accounts, where you, you know, used to be annual review, whatever, you have it once a year, you meet and talk about how you, well you're doing. I'm suggesting that for most of us, you should do it more often than once a year, maybe semi-annually, maybe once a quarter. Uh, I typically do mine once every three months, so four times a year with each client. And we talk about why did they start talking to us in the first place? Uh, are, how are we doing in terms of uh, getting rid of that pain? How are they doing in terms of taking advantage of our products and services? And then what changes are necessary out of that situation of working together in order to make it work better? What new opportunities might come out of that? Again, talking about growing, so upselling, cross-selling, maybe there are new opportunities. And then lastly, Okay, where do we go from here? What are the next steps? Who's going to do what by when? Keeping this thing fresh. They know you're, that you're focused on their business and making them successful. And uh, it's an awesome conversation. You can do it over lunch, over coffee. You can do it over phone, by Zoom. Uh, a lot of ways to do it. And it's great because you're talking to the main decision makers in your account base and talking about strategic things that usually turn into renewals, uh, more opportunities, and referrals. Great, great stuff. So that's it. So that's how to get new prospects and grow and keep existing clients. Uh, get your accountability partners, your cookbook, your prospecting plan. And if you got call reluctance, remember, everybody does. Uh, do the behaviors anyway, and you'll find that soon you'll be cooking with gas. This is Al Simon with Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And as always, good selling.